0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends podcast where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life and reflect on God's provision, goodness, and grace. We'll hear from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living, about God's unchanging nature through it all.
1: Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Abby Buckle, who is a university student nearby. We have an amazing conversation about just her life, the ways that God has worked from when she was a little girl until now. It's a great conversation of looking back and seeing how God's been faithful.
0: So gather some friends and play some volleyball, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Amen. Okay, Abby, Jen, welcome. This I feel like has been a long time coming, but also too, I was like, how long have I known Abby for? Six years, as of the end of this month. Wow, has it really? That's yeah. almost <gasps> as long as Jen and I have known each other. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we met at Constable Bible Camp. Classic. Yes. Yeah, classic. Yeah, I think was I on past? No, I was on the admin You're team. You were on I think. admin
2: my first summer.
0: Yeah. Wild. Well. I feel like this is maybe not a full circle moment, but it's just like a marker but of like, friendship.
2: I was 14 when you met me. You were 14. <laughs> yeah.
1: Crazy. What was 14-year-old Abby like?
2: Um, Emotionally unstable. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that really actually sums it up. Cool. Yeah. I had, like, moved and, like, everything was a bit crazy.
0: There's a lot happening in your life then. There was. hmm
2: But... Yeah, here I am, a lot more stable. <laughs> That's good. We'll just
0: start off. We're going to ask you some fun facts so people can get to know you. So where did you grow up? Um, I grew up kind
2: of all over the place. I spent basically equal amounts of time in Orangeville and then seven years in Thunder Bay and then five years in Aaron. And then when I went to university at Guelph, my parents moved to Coburg. So I live primarily in Guelph right now, but my parents are
0: Mm -hmm. far away. Is that bizarre that your parents moved when you were, when you are, have been in school?
2: Yeah, because my mom's like, come home. And I'm like, I hate to break it to you, but this is not my home. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. But at least they have a hot tub, right? They have a hot tub. Exactly. (laughs) At least they have a
2: hot tub. Yeah, Silver
0: linings. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Um, What is your ideal day? Oh, my goodness. I feel like my ideal day would be one where I could drink as much iced coffee as possible without the physical repercussions of that. Yes. And I feel like I'd probably be like at my cottage, um, like sitting by the lake in my hammock with like a book or like my guitar. And I would be able to sit in the sun Without getting sunburned
0: Oh yes Yeah A dream
2: Yeah (laughs) And there would be some like Really like good food involved I don't know what kind of good food But there would have to be like top tier food involved
0: Gotcha Yep Love it We'll hope it can happen sometime this summer (laughs) If you could have dinner with three people Dead or alive Who would they be? This is a hard
2: question I feel like, first of all, it would have to be, because I'm an academic geek, Rosalind Franklin, who was the woman who discovered the double helix shape of DNA, and mm-hmm. then her work was stolen by two men, and they took credit for it. But, like, she's just, like, powerhouse woman in STEM. Like, that would be so cool to, like, hear her story. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Christine Kane, mm-hmm. she just fires me up. I She would be so fun to have at a dinner party. And then I think... Phoebe, who was, like, the woman that Paul appointed to carry the book of Romans to the Romans, Mm -hmm. that would be so cool. I want to know what it's like to, like, teach a book of the Bible written by Paul.
0: That's cool. Well, as long as I could come, that'd be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, you're not allowed to. Yeah. (laughs) Where's the best place you've been to?
2: I think anywhere in, like, northern Ontario where there's no light pollution and I can see all of the stars. Mm. Not really a specific place, but anywhere where I've been ha- able to have an unobstructed view of all of the stars.
0: It's pretty insane, eh? hmm Yeah. Love it. Okay, if you had a parallel life, so your life now, complete, you don't have to trade it, what would you want your life to look like? I feel like
2: I would... I mean, hopefully this will be part of my now life, but I would just want to like do research, like work with obese rats. That's when you do (laughs) when you do certain types of STEM research, you work with obese rats Mm -hmm. and just to like spend all day in a lab, I think would be super fun or like on the absolute flip side of that, have like a billion children and just like be a mom. Mm. <laughs> those are my two ideal parallel lives.
0: <laughs> not what I was expecting you to, I wasn't expecting that combination, but heck you can say whatever you want to say. That's yeah, true. It's not my real life. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. No. Well, aside from those fun facts, tell us about yourself and what life looks like for you right now.
2: So right now, I just finished third year at the University of Guelph. Mm -hmm. I study nutritional and nutraceutical science.
1: Nutraceutical.
2: Yeah, I knew that was going to (laughs) happen. So I study nutritional sciences and then nutraceuticals are pharmaceutical alternatives. So I study the safety and efficacy and how do we find new pharmaceutical alternatives of like vitamins and supplements and like funky herbs and plants that could have, like, genuine benefits to our bodies. Not, like, pseudoscience. Like, this is real science. <laughs> um, Just to clarify. <laughs> and I love it. Um I have, like, found my niche, and I, mm-hmm. like, love going to school. I also work part-time as a nanny for two little girls who are <laughs> six and now four, which is crazy. And so I've nannied for them since May of 2020. So, like, basically almost my entire university career has been school and nannying. And I'm also super involved in Lyft Church, which is a super cool church that's on a bunch of university and college campuses in Southern Ontario. And so that's literally my whole life. I don't do anything
0: else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, we're super excited to hear about your life. But first off, tell us a little bit about what growing up was like for you.
2: Yeah. So I'm a pastor's kid and I have been since the moment I came out of the womb. (laughs) Um, My dad has pastored... I think three or four churches, I don't, math is hard, mm-hmm. but yeah, I grew up in obviously a very Christ loving home and that was super, super great. I have two younger siblings and we kind of moved all over the place as a kid, but I grew up with this really, really cool view of what the church looks like to like have a very like holistic view of the church. It's mm-hmm. not just this thing we go to once a week. It was literally our whole lives. And I don't really Remember doing much? Like I obviously loved school as a kid, but so much of my life outside of school was church and serving or just being at church while my dad worked. I would, you know, play like Mario Kart in like the <laughs> youth room. Um, but that was really fun. And so I yeah, most of my life growing up kind of revolved around the church and the friends we had there. And that was basically the first, I guess, 14 years of my life was school. In church, which hmm. kind of looks like what I do now, and I love that. So, yeah. mm. a very consistent little life.
1: A consistent little life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Could be like a memoir title. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or the title of this episode. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So, this season, we're thinking and talking about remembering and reflecting God's goodness and grace. Um, and provision in some really, really good seasons and some really, really hard seasons. And we've talked extensively over the past six years about this topic specifically. Um, but I would love to hear, first of all, what comes to mind when you think about like reflecting on God's goodness and worshiping him and in and, and good and hard seasons um, and what scripture too? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So I guess when I think of like remembering God's goodness, I definitely think of the word Ebenezer. That was like the word God gave me for this year. Um, And kind of like the tail end of last year. But God was like, I want you to just like remember what I've done Mm. for you. And oh my goodness, let me find it. Basically, I did some like research into Ebenezer because I love knowing things. I'm like a six wing five on the Enneagram and that five wing really (laughs) comes out when I can just soak up knowledge. But basically Ebenezer is like, this thing in 1 Samuel that means a stone of help. And Samuel set it up to, like, remind God's people that, like, thus far the Lord has helped us. Um, And basically what was happening was the people of Israel were, like, they were were down a course that was not towards the Lord. And they were, like, going crazy. And Samuel was like, guys, like, you need to, like, repent and follow the Lord. Like, God has done so much for us. And you guys are going all willy-nilly and doing whatever you want. And so what Samuel does is he intercedes for them and he goes before the Lord and is like, God, like receive their repentance and like, don't destroy them, like change your mind. Um, And then the Israelites come to Samuel and they're like, don't cease to cry out to the Lord, our God for us. And so Samuel does it again. He's like, okay, I'm going to go back to the Lord. And God actually answered and delivered the people of Israel in that. And I love that idea that from all of that, from God's deliverance, Samuel was like, these people need a reminder. Like, I'm that person. Mm -hmm. I need to hear things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I need physical reminders of what God's done or else I am so, so quick to forget. But then on the flip side of that, this Ebenezer was also for all of the people around Israel. So, like, whenever they got invaded or, like, the people just, like, walking through to see this, like, massive altar as, like, this is the God that these people serve. And, like, this is the forgiveness of God that we get to declare to the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is... Really really cool that whether I don't know like I have a tattoo and I feel like that's in a lot of ways like an mm-hmm. <laughs> Ebenezer mm-hmm. like reminding me like what God has done and that yeah, I have this permanently on my body to like remember mm-hmm. um and then I guess in terms of scripture psalm seventy seven has been really the like passage of my life over the last four or five years, and it's mm-hmm. this psalm of someone whose name I don't know how to pronounce. But basically (laughs) it talks about how even in like our grief and deep suffering, we can like look to the Lord and what he's done in the past. And it's this really honest Psalm where he's like, "Uh, yeah, actually this sucks and this is not easy and I don't want to do this. And God, I'm like tired and mad, but I will remember what God has done. And I will continually look like I'll keep searching until I, find the Lord and I think that that's been a really important thing for me to do is like not just go out once and be like well God didn't show up so like I guess you has gone and he just like has stopped being faithful to but to actually like keep looking for him and then additionally to that it talks a lot about worship in this psalm in a sense of like not this like big flashy thing that like attracts a lot of people and looks really good but like a really raw and honest worship of like when i'm in the absolute depths of like my pain and grief like i will remember the songs i used to sing in the Mm -hmm. night and i love that imagery of like i will just remember like when i could sing when i can't right now Mm -hmm. and like remind myself of how god moved through that then and like continue to seek for when he will do that
0: now Mm. Mm. do you have psalm 77 pulled up i do okay so um psalm
2: 77 says i cry aloud to god aloud to god and he will hear me in the day of my trouble i seek the lord in the night my hand is stretched out without wearying my soul refuses to be comforted when i remember god i moan when i meditate my spirit faints you hold my eyelids open and i'm so troubled that i cannot speak i consider the days of old the years long ago I said, Let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious or has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord and I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all of your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Mm. Your way, O God is holy. What God is great. Like our God, you are the God who works wonders and you have made known your might among the peoples. Mm. Mm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Yeah. It's good to just sit in that. So thanks for sharing. Um, What have been some specific Ebenezer moments for you in your life?
2: Oh man, I think I've are moments. I think one really tangible thing that I hope I remember for the rest of my life was mm-hmm. in two thousand and seventeen. Um, I was up at camp and got pulled out of the camp day in the middle of the day, um, and my parents had driven up to tell me that one of our really close family friends had passed away, and it was this really awful devastating situation um with a lot of complexities and he was like one of our closest family friends like I would come home from school and he would be sitting in our kitchen and my parents wouldn't be home I'd be mm-hmm. like how did you even get in <laughs> oh <my. laughs> but I remember just like yeah this like really deep dark feeling just like set over me when I heard mm-hmm. that news and I don't really remember much but I remember screaming mm-hmm. and then I remember kind of, like, going through these motions, like, feeling like the world was, like, spinning out of control. And then all of a sudden I, like, felt in my chest this, like, battle. Like, I could feel this, like, darkness sitting, but I could feel something trying to push it out. And I remember this moment where, like, it was, like, literally, like, supernaturally I, like, felt, like, peace just, like, wash over me and the darkness just left. Mm -hmm. And that was just, like, one of those moments where God showed up in this, Mm -hmm. like, crazy way and this Mm -hmm. peace just, like, sat over me for The next like weeks and months. And I remember people telling me, Jen was like, Abby, you're in shock. And I was like, no, like, I'm not in shock. Like, (laughs) which is like fair, like, valid question. (laughs) But it was just, yeah, this moment where, yeah, like, God just like showed Mm -hmm. up and was like, the darkness like does not get to rule here. Mm -hmm. And that's this moment that's just stands out so much of like, that's the place where I wanna like build the altar that like reminds people. Of who God is, mm.
0: yeah mm. mhm, yeah, and you stayed at camp during that time, right? Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, I think as a like we're chatting about this, like doing that in the midst. It's one thing to talk about it, like with the distance of time or whatever it is, but when you're in the midst of the shock of something Mm -hmm. like that, or even just like the long journey of grief. It is really, really hard to forget, or it's really easy to forget. Um, But for you to experience his peace and his provision in that, like just a reminder that God meets every single need that we have, even if it's a need that we don't think that we have, Mm -hmm. or we, yeah, we think that we need other things that God is with us then. Um, And I know that there's been a lot of other, Ebenezer moments where God has really helped you and walked alongside you. Um, How have those things and how has really suffering in different capacities, how has that um, grown your faith in Jesus?
2: I think it's brought me to a place where I know more than anything else that I have nothing but Jesus. Mm. Like there's been like so many times where like everything that I thought I had just got like stripped away. Like being a pastor's kid means, you know, I moved a lot as a kid. So I would like build these friendships. Um, and then, you know, God would call us to move or circumstances would mean that we were, we were moving again. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there was just like all of these times where I was like, all of these things that I held onto failed me. So I guess I have nothing to hold onto, but Jesus, um, and on the flip side of that, when I like try and not to try not to hold on to Jesus and do things on my own and, you know, like grit my teeth and like walk through the suffering. Like Jesus doesn't let me do that. He's like so gracious and like showing mm. up and being like, snap out of it, like mm. <laughs> get over yourself and like look to me and walk with me. Um, and that's been Super encouraging to know that no matter how hard I try, Jesus will keep pursuing me Mm. and isn't going to let me go, but also isn't going to let me like walk myself into destruction.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How has music played a part in, in all this? Because you are number one, a very musically gifted person. And I know that worship has been a huge part of your life, not even just in, in suffering. Yes. Like I've seen the way that God has shaped you and grown you and used worship to heal. Um, but yeah like how how has music played a piece in this?
2: Music has been, I think, the most consistent thing in my life. like, I don't remember a time where I was not like singing like little songs, like my mom played a lot of music for us growing up, and some of it was like horrendously cheesy, like nineties oh. children's <laughs> Christian music, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad, and like she would like had all these songs where they would, like, sing scripture. Um, Mm. And now I'm, like, almost 21, and, like, when I get, like, anxious, these, like, little songs about, like, when I am afraid, I will trust in you are the first thing to loop through my brain, which is, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, a little bit weird, but, like, music is just, like, how I've always remembered things. Mm. And, like, I'm really grateful for the ways that my parents instilled that in me. Um, But then... It's also, I think, something God's been calling me to in terms of, like, worship and leading worship since before I was born. This, like, wild story was one summer my dad was, like, driving me up to camp. And so, like, we're in the car for, like, an hour, and he goes, did I ever tell you that you were a prophecy baby? And I was like... <laughs> So Excuse well. <laughs> me. And like, I didn't grow up in like super charismatic circles. Like my mm. parents had kind of dabbled in that before I was born, and like err on more on the charismatic side. But the churches we've been a part of don't necessarily err on that side. Mm. And I was like, um, actually, no, you haven't. Like, please share these details. And it turns out that exactly a year before I was born was a Sunday. And my dad, the pastor was not preaching that Sunday and they were visiting this church. And this woman was like, I have a word for like a pastor in the room or something like that. I don't remember how exactly the story goes, but basically my dad and my mom like went up and there's this like, kind of like rule. If you're like given the gift of prophecy that you don't prophesy children because that can get you into deep, deep trouble if that like doesn't work out. And I ended up, like, a few weeks later getting to listen to this audio that they actually had recorded.
1: Oh, cool.
2: And this woman was, like, speaking things about my mom's character that, like, it was, like, wild. Like, so specific things, like, about, like, my dad and his leadership. And then they talked about how my parents were going to have, like, three little kids. Um, And one of them was going to be, like, a dark-haired girl who would be a worshiper and a leader to the likes of Deborah. And I remember listening to this audio and was, like, in tears because it was, like... God, like, knew this about me before mm. I was conceived. Like, this was 12 months before I was born. Like, I was not, not around yet. And God had, like, spoken this thing over me. And as much as my life as I feel like, in a lot of ways, tried to pull me from that. Like, mm. God's been, like, that's his plan. That was, like, what he has, like, put in front of me and, like, called me to. Mm. And so he's, like, always made a way for me to be doing that. Um... In a lot of different capacities. And so, yeah, like, the privilege that it is to, like, lead people in worship is something that I've, like, grown into and had to, like, learn to steward. But it's been so, so neat to, Mm -hmm. like, have this, like, surety that, like, whether it is musical worship or whether I'm, Mm -hmm. like, leading people to worship in other ways. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what God has has called me to. And, like, nothing can, like, take that. Like,
1: yeah,
2: people can you know, like do things or like say things to me or like circumstances will come. But like in some capacity, like I've always ended up like leading people to worship. And that's just something that comes so naturally to me. And I don't have to think about, yeah. which is interesting.
1: Mm. Mm. I think that's like so interesting. Like God knew before you, like, you mean like it's just that beautiful intricacy of his care for you. Like you think of like such an, I'm going to say overquoted but sometimes overquoted like you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you for and it's like I think we like sort of roll our eyes at it because it's on like wooden signs (laughs) and you know like vinyl posters and like Mm -hmm. whatever like it can just be this like I am fearfully and wonderfully made and yet like when you hear stories like that it's like I am like God knit you together and all of the things that you know not just like your skills but like the way he would use you in those things and like he knew before um And what a great, even like that is like an Ebenezer to look back and just be like, Mm -hmm. when I look ahead and I'm like, I don't know what the future holds. It's like, but you know, right? Like, you know, God, what is coming. Yeah. And like, as a kid, I was tone deaf
2: like Uh, horrifically tone (laughs) deaf and so like i can just imagine like my parents like probably like a forgot about it but b were like uh lord you made a mistake (laughs) like this girl cannot lead worship (laughs) she's
1: gonna like worship by serving like washing dishes or something yeah
2: (laughs) yeah but as i think i really kind of started to see that change like as i chose to like take my relationship with the lord as my own and as i sought the lord more he like Gave me access to, like, more of those gifts, and yeah. I am no longer toned deaf. praise the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> but that's, like, yeah, so cool mm. to see that it wasn't something right from the get-go. It yeah. was, like, this kid is clearly gifted, and this is what she's going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also don't think that I will ever, like, you know, lead worship in the capacity that, like, I don't know, Carrie Job does. Like, that's <laughs> no. not, like, I don't at all think that that's mm. kind of it, but... Yeah,
0: mm. I think that is really beautiful, though, because I think sometimes we think that if we are good at something, then we need to go all out for yeah. that one thing. Yeah. And it's like some things are just meant for you and God and the people that he's placed in your life. Yeah, you know? like yeah. there's something really beautiful about I'm going to say hiddenness, but like like that's not. Uh, yeah, that's just a really beautiful beautiful and quiet and simple. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just love, I love hearing how God is using that gift in you and drawing people to him. And for you even to, to be reminded of his goodness through like musical worship, but then also to just in our being that we worship him. Mm -hmm. Um, How has, how has suffering and worship come hand in hand for you? Um,
2: I feel like this memory that like really sticks out was so like when my parents came up to camp to like give me this awful news, we Mm -hmm. like went out for dinner after with my aunt and uncle, we like ate pizza and then I came back to camp and I was like, I don't know, like came home, was like. I'm way too wide awake to go to sleep mm-hmm. and it wasn't lights out yet. So I wasn't breaking any rules. And <laughs> I was like, I just kind of like pulled out my guitar that was under my bed and was just kind of like playing along with things and some songs. And then all of a sudden there was like a whole nother room of girls in our room. And I guess like, I don't even really remember how it happened, but all of a sudden, like we were all just like mm-hmm. singing and worshiping God. And most of the people didn't know what had happened that day. Um, but it was just this thing that felt like so natural that was very stabilizing to Mm. be like, my world has been so rocked, but this is still something I can do. And Mm. like, this is still a way that I can, I can look to God. And that's been a situation that's kind of come up over and over again, where like something will happen. And then, you know, I'll be like booked to lead worship that week. Or, Mm. you know, some, like I had a friend who like, there was like a family emergency. So I was like out of town and I like, got back to Guelph like 30 minutes before I had to like have my guitar on and be ready to lead worship. And I was like, God, like, I do not feel equipped to do this. Mm. Like everything is like chaotic, but Mm. those are always like the times when God moves the most. Mm. And that, yeah, has just always been a way that God shows himself. Where like in the midst of like my like deepest Mm. suffering, like, like I'll shuffle my music and the perfect song will come on Mm. or like lyrics that are like 18 years old will like pop into my head and it's this just like stability where it's like okay like mm. god is still present even if i don't see him mm. and he's like written these like like other people wrote the lyrics but then god has just so ingrained them into me that mm. they'll just like come out of like absolutely nowhere i'll be mm. like i literally have not heard that song in like 10 years and now it's like in front of me and i think that that's really cool that i've been wired that way
0: yeah. mm-hmm the Two songs that are coming to mind right now is so funny that as you're like for the past 10 minutes, these two songs have been playing. Okay, in my wait, mind, can I guess? Yeah, you're gonna get them. I bet <laughs> Chris
2: Renzema, just oh, as good. No, and Stephanie Gretzinger, no one ever told okay, me yes. yet, Jesus.
0: You got the second one, <laughs> not the Chris Renzema one though. Um, Kate, okay, question sorry, pause. Do you say Renzema or Renzema? I say Renzema, but I don't know what he says. I don't know either. Hey, Chris, if you're listening to this, let us know. <laughs>
2: One of the
1: Americans. <gasps> Can you imagine? Imagine. He didn't answer my DM about being on the podcast, so I doubt it.
0: <laughs> Probably <Perhaps> not. <laughs> gosh. Anyways, um so yeah, our girl Stephanie. No one's ever cared for me like Jesus, but also to um it's called it like the goodness of God. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. like all my life you have been Jen faithful. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I was jamming to that this morning and it's like gosh, to be able to Worship him individually, but then worship him collectively as a community and not even just a community now, but joining the voices of people from the past, over the past 18 years for some of those songs, for the past 100 years, for other hymns and whatever else, for the past like thousands of years and generation after generation of generation of joining. Yeah, the voice of God's people to worship and praise him through out the seasons and for you to be able to say, like, this is how God's made me. This is how I really connect with him and I'm going to do my thing. It's just so beautiful. I really, really appreciate that about you, Abby, because I think even for me during some really, really difficult seasons that you've been a real encouragement and in reminding me of what's important and who's actually in control. So thank you because Mm -hmm. I've benefited from your gift.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to ask this, like, as you were talking about, you know, these different things that, you know, you would have to step up and you'd be like, how how are these things, like, this terrible thing happened and this hard thing happened and now I'm here and, like, worshipping through it. Like, have there been times in your life where you felt like, I don't feel this, like, I just need to do this, like, you kind of need to choose to, like, trust or to worship or to, like, lean on God in those moments or does it usually just feel like God just shows up when you're not even able to? Um...
2: I think it's like a bit of both. Last fall, um, our church had like a fall retreat and we were all up at this camp and I was leading worship for like the two like nights and everybody else had reading week that week, but Guelph doesn't do a fall reading week. So I had like assignments due and had been like, you know, like I was just so anxious. Like I'd been having basically like a 24 hour anxiety attack. I like could not eat. I was like shaking and like, so out of it but I had to like get up and lead worship and I was like god like I like literally can't even like think straight right now how am I supposed to remember chords or like sing these songs about like your goodness is running after me when Mm -hmm. I am literally in like I'm not okay right now and it was like this moment where I was like, God, I need you to show up or else I'm like literally going to pass out on stage. And like the second that I walked on stage, the anxiety like left. And then Mm -hmm. the second I walked off stage, it came back. Mm -hmm. But like for that allotted time where like I was required to do this thing, like God just like showed up and took over and he's like never not done it. So I don't really have a reason to not trust him to do it again, uh Yeah, which is good. Because, like, I'm not special. Like, why would I be the first person that God failed? Like, I think way too highly of myself (laughs) if that's the thoughts that I'm having. But, yeah, that's, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. No,
1: no, that's good. That's good. Um, So we've done a little bit of looking back and just seeing all these things and all the, like, the pieces kind of connecting the dots of the ways that God had been working. But how would you say that God is forming you in this season?
2: I think... (laughs) Um, I think right now is this like really slow, like patient endurance where God's Mm -hmm. like, you need to just like stick this out. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy, like COVID's been crazy. Um, and you know, doing school during COVID is crazy. Um, doing school while you nanny for a family of doctors is crazy in a pandemic, (laughs) Um, mm-hmm. and there's just been so many, so many moving parts and like so many moments where I'm like, God, I want to walk away. I want to like throw in the towel and just like move to Nepal and live with the mountain goats. <laughs> that's like my go-to, like maybe that's another <laughs> parallel life. If I had another parallel to life, list. I would <laughs> live with the mountain goats in Nepal. Just like mm-hmm. make milk and cheese and like <laughs> <laughs> homestead life. Um, no, but. Yeah, God has kind of just been whispering, like, you need to just, like, stick this out. Like, this Mm -hmm. isn't a place for you to run because, A, I haven't given you any instructions to go anywhere. And, like, B, like... Yeah, like, he's not just going to, like, give me an out of the hard situations. Like, he hasn't abandoned me in them, but he's mm. not just, like, this, like, magical little, like, fairy that, like, pulls you out and is like, there you go. Mm. And I mean, obviously, like, Psalm 42 talks about, like, you, like, pulled me out of, like, the mud and the mire and you mm-hmm. sat me on a rock and put a new song in my mouth. And I feel like that's, like, a little bit of what's going on, but, like, he's also, like, leaving me in the mud for a bit to mm. be, like, you can like stay here and like, you're not gonna sink. You're not gonna drown and it's gonna like suck. But like, this is like refining you.
0: Mm.
2: Um, And that's like not fun. I would not say this is like a fun and like super joyful season, but it's like still good because like God is good. And I know that I'll get to look back on this and be like, these are the ways God showed up and that will be tangible and clear, (sighs) but it's not right now. And so it's a lot of just like, I don't wanna open my Bible, but I'm gonna read it. and wait for God to show up. Like in Psalm 77, it says like, I didn't see you. And so I went and looked again. Mm. And like, <laughs> that's where I'm at. But like, mm. I need to just like keep looking and keep waiting for God mm. to show up. And there mm. are like little moments where like he does and it's super encouraging. Um, And then there are moments where I'm like, Lord, <laughs> hello.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you encourage people who are in a similar season as you right now? I don't know if, it's a, if that's a fair question. Again, I asked that not to, like, tie a bow around. I'm like, these are the five steps you do to get through a hard season. But I think there there's so much truth and weight to what you just said about, like, faithful persistence even when you don't feel like it. And even more so when you, like, you're in a really, really challenging season. But, yeah, how would you encourage people who are in the similar season to you right now? First of all
2: don't lose your time in the word. Like when I'm in seasons where like things have been really hard, it's been pretty easy for me to stay in the word because that's mm-hmm. like my lifeline. Like I'm like, I need to just be soaking in like the truth of who God is. And when things are really good, I'm like, I want to spend time with Jesus because he's my best friend. <laughs> but in these like middle kind of seasons where it's just like trudging along, like there was like a period of time where I fell out of the routine of like opening my Bible and like, the difference between when I, like, finally hopped back on the train of, like, even if it was, like, I read one verse a day, I, like, felt so much more, like, alive and, like, ready to face the day. Mm. um, And it was, like, this one change where I was, like, okay, so instead of spending zero minutes in scripture, I'm going to spend five minutes in scripture. Mm. And it was, like, a night and day difference in, mm. like, how I was able to, like, approach the day and, like, mm-hmm. what was in front of me. um, And, yeah, that was good and important. And obviously like God's word is living and active and it's like how we know God more Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and yeah. to like not miss out on that, even Mm -hmm. though it feels like it's like a chore and to like, let it be a chore. Like it was a chore. It still is a chore. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I need to do this, but I like, yeah, like chores aren't fun, but like, otherwise we're living in like sludge. So like Mm -hmm. do your chores. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Like, you don't need to spend a whole hour in the Word. Like, do what is manageable, but keep moving regardless. Um, that's really good. Zero minutes to five minutes. It, Yeah, it does make a difference. And it does make sense because God is the source of life.
2: Whoa. <laughs> Whoa.
0: <What? laughs> oh, well, Abby, thank you so much for sharing um, pieces of your story the lessons that you've learned, the wisdom that you've acquired over the years. And um, yeah, your faithfulness throughout the really good seasons and the really, really difficult ones and using your gifts in the midst of all of it. It's been so cool. Again, six years, that blows my mind. It really blows my mind to see the way that God has shaped you and molded you, has molded you and formed you into the woman that you are today to see like what you're passionate about and to see the way that you care well for your community and wanting to step in and to serve and above all, to seek Jesus in the midst of all of it. I, yeah, it's just been such a gift to be on a fly on the wall over the last six years of your life. So thank you for that. Number one, for doing life with me. And um, for joining us here, we have one final question though. Okay. Before we wrap things up, um, what is the best piece of advice you've been given? Oh my goodness.
2: I feel like I should have an answer considering I've listened to every single other episode of this
0: podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, off the top of my head, this was actually advice Jen gave me when I was like 15 <laughs> because <laughs> I was having an absolute conniption. And she was like, Abby, like you can let it suck as long as you don't set up camp there. And that's been something that like I tell other people I'm like let it suck Like don't just like tie a bow around it And like pretend everything is like great and fluffy But like don't like stick yourself there Like you can let it suck And then you need to like move forward And keep seeking God
0: Whoa Jennifer (laughs) That's good (laughs) 19-year-old Jennifer, I'm mean, I, almost 25-year-old Jennifer doesn't remember that. But that's that's good. That's Isn't encouraging that for me. The
1: little things you tell people and be like, gosh. oh, my God, you said that. And I was like, I have no idea. My mom always talks about, oh, my gosh, this friend of mine, she always talks about this thing you said in grade 12. And I'm like, I have literally no clue about that. I, I hope no one remembers what I said in grade 12. Yeah. <laughs> it's good accountability. Hey, God God uses all of the pieces, right? Even the ones that we forget about or the things that we don't think matter that much. So, Amen
0: to that. Yeah. Amen, Abby. I love you. I Thank love you, you for joining us. <laughs> I'm enjoying us <just> experiencing this. <laughs> Jack's Having an emotional moment, <laughs> a
1: sentimental moment. <laughs> yeah. I need to have like a sentimental moment counter sometimes in these in these podcasts. I think. <laughs> hey. Good, mm-hmm. <laughs> but i enjoyed this too and it was like so fun to hear your story i feel like i hear about you from jen like she'll talk about certain things and she's been wanting to have you on for so long so mm-hmm. the fact that you're finally here and i'm getting to hear a little bit more about your story it was a joy for me and i know for others so thank you
2: thank you this is <laughs> so fun
1: <laughs> Woo. oh that was loud sorry thank you so much for listening We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up every Monday that you will not want to miss. So subscribe, follow, check us out every single Monday. If you want more content, resources, all that good stuff, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at just work friends where you post up there. So until next Monday, bye-bye. Have a great week. I just keep recording Jen would just keep going yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: bye